0: It's, it's really core to who we are and, 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 uh, and what we're trying to do, which is at the end of the day, portray a different image for what cycling is and, and can be, right? Welcome to the Inspire
1: Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnal, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence, Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. So my guest on the Inspire podcast today is Casper Wong. And Casper joins me from Toronto. Are you in Toronto today? I don't know these days with virtual.
0: Yes, I am sitting in Toronto in my office right now.
1: Well, welcome to the pod. It's good to have you.
0: Good to be here. Thanks, Bart. And yeah, and like all great
1: things uh, that happened in my life, there's a bike racing connection. We met riding bikes. Since then, we've stayed in close touch. As You've created a, a cycling race team. United Nations of Cycling. So we're, we're going to talk more about that because I think it's really a powerful story about diversity and the commitment to creating a space that's a more inclusive space in the sport that sorely needs it. But before we do that, you have a day job as well. It's a pretty exciting one. So tell us, uh, the people listening, what you do when you're not riding your bike.
0: My uh, you know, my day job is as uh, the co-founder and, and CEO and, and GM of a company called Finance. That started in 2010 focused on the uh, point of sale lending space uh, in Canada. And, you know, we've, we've grown tremendously close to 300 employees now. But my, my passion and where I started was cycling, a more recent journey, I, I think, you know, I kind of got into the sport, I want to say, like, kind of casually three to four years ago. And uh, over, over the last few years, every year, you know, especially after the first two years, kind of kind of got more and more into the sport. And um, as I decided to uh, commit more to cycling and, and kind of learn more about it, I really saw as as a newer cyclist and, and in some ways an outsider, how different it was as a sport compared to some of the other sports that I've participated in. And um, during COVID last year, and also uh, during a lot of the uh, social movements around, you know, the killing of George Floyd and Black Lives Matters, and seeing other um, kind of cyclists advocating for change in cycling, I decided to start a uh, a cycling team focused on uh, on racing, but also promoting uh, diversity and inclusivity uh, in the sport of cycling.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a it's a great story because you know even though it's about cycling, it's really a um... A reflection of kind of a broader, as you said, trend that we're seeing in the world, which is, you know, organizations, uh, communities which are kind of waking up to the fact that they aren't particularly inclusive. And sometimes through the courage of people like yourself who challenge the norms, sometimes through, you know, them, themselves recognizing the need to change or are, are, are taking some steps to make people feel more welcome so they can kind of thrive um, authentically. So I think it's a great story, even if you've never ridden a bike, <laughs> you know, if you're a leader or if you want to bring about change, then that's why I want to have you on the pod. But maybe before we kind of get into the formation of the team, let's just go back. And I noticed that you you, you intentionally perhaps omitted that before cycling, you were a cross were you uh, were you embarrassed about this revolution? Like it's okay, you got to come clean here, Casper.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my uh, my my athletic like kind of uh, performance in history started <laughs> um, after college, unlike most people. So, you know, I started getting into running. Prime first, you know, I ran ran a half marathon, another one, then a full, then got injured, uh, and then I started training. You know, uh, at, at a cool gym close to my condo, doing some strength conditioning work, and then did CrossFit for a few years. And uh, after kind of doing that, that was kind of during my transition point from um, getting into cycling. And I had to make a choice of, um, you know, whether I was going to focus more on, on CrossFit or cycling. And, you know, to be quite honest, I wasn't uh, the greatest CrossFitter. <laughs> uh, and I knew that if I wanted to get better, I would have to really Dedicate more to the sport and uh, and quite frankly put on a lot more muscle weight um, to to move that that weight around and be competitive and cycling kind of was more back to my core of where I started as a runner, as an endurance athlete, and uh, I, I think kind of suited, and, and I quite frankly already made the investment and uh, in, into uh, cycling and bought a nice bike. And so I, I decided to go in the direction of cycling, and it was interesting coming from that background, from like these the various gyms and running and CrossFit, going to the sport of cycling, seeing how... In, in my perception, at least, how, how little diversity there was when I first joined. And I still remember joining my first rides uh, with with uh, Morning Glory and other other clubs and, you know, just groups of cyclists in Toronto. Maybe this, this is a downtown Toronto thing, but feeling like in many rides, like I was the only kind of Asian or non-Caucasian person on the ride. That stuck out to me. Maybe, you know, people were never rude to me uh, overtly, but... Um, I, I had never experienced that before in other sports and uh, there was uh, also uh, maybe this kind of vibe that like hey like you know we uh, you know we have this kind of certain culture you know you, you got to kind of ride this type type of bike and you know uh, there's this kind of like older vibe to it right there's this joke in Toronto that a lot of cyclists are mammals like middle-aged males and like so, <laughs> you know it, it just it just felt very different for me but through my experiences I was able to meet uh, some really mm-hmm. incredible people, and also some younger people and more diverse people. And over like a year and a half and two years, I, I met you know some some people that showed me, hey, like there's other people that are that are different and feeling it. And then um, you know I was able to connect with those people and kind of form the foundation for UNC. Literally, we were just on a um, just on a ride and had decided that you know the especially during COVID that like things needed to change and there wasn't this kind of format or platform. For, you know, riders who were younger, maybe more diverse, looking to create a different culture, more fun, open culture, but also wanted to ride at a high level. Right.
1: You're talking about coming into a a, a society or culture uh, you've described, you know, I didn't see a lot of people who look like me. There were certain cultural norms. And I think it's worth explaining to people listening. And I'm I'm interested myself. You know, we talk now mm-hmm. that representation matters, whether you're here in cycling or in business. Representation matters. You want to create the place where people can see themselves. Tell me from your experience, like what impact did it have for you not having that? What impact did it have joining a homogenous culture where you didn't feel commonality?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, like I never, I never really felt like I belonged and I I didn't feel like I was, I I stuck to the culture that existed in any way. So I was, I was never like, I I didn't feel like I was fully kind of invested or committed. And again, people were friendly, but it was just so different. And, 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 and maybe there was this kind of um, longing or kind of search, Mm -hmm. right. For Uh, a group that that, that in cycling, at least, that I, I felt like I would feel much more comfortable in and could be myself in and could see myself in. And two, I think this, you know, if you look at cycling as a sport at the, let's say, the highest level, the professional level, I think not just for myself, but I think a lot of people who, who don't kind of identify as, you know, like a European cyclist or whatever, you know, they, they don't see themselves at that high level. And, and, and that didn't really begin to change for me, at least until I came across like a promotional video of, um, about Legion and until I came, I came across what was happening there, that really began to set off a lot of, you know, kind of light bulbs for me, if you will.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, we can put a link. I actually just on the weekend watched a promotional video. For those listening, Legion is a it's an American race team founded and run, uh, you correct me if I get this wrong here, but by two black cyclists, Justin Corey Williams, who have really embraced diversity in the whole ethos of their team. Is that right? And they're also amazing cyclists who have just dominated the uh, U.S. circuit.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's three brothers. I think Tyler Williams is the third brother. But yeah, I mean Justin is the main guy, and and Justin and Corey the, the kind of the, I think the faces of the team and. Um, I think Justin and Corey have both raced professionally and, you know, ended up having bad experiences or experiences that made them think about starting their own team, and they did. Uh, and, and if you look at Legion and what the Williams brothers have done now, they're by far the, the, the number one crit team. They own their own team. I think they're a UCI uh, team now and uh, have really, I think, inspired a lot of people and shown a lot of people that the sport can look different, including myself.
1: Did you ever think of quitting in those early days before you, ha- you saw that there were... Other spaces and, and forms of team that you could join?
0: I didn't think about quitting because I had made the investment. <laughs> you spent <spending> all this <laughs> money on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was going to cycle one way or another, but I, I, will, I will be honest, I was really struggling to find my groove of like where I was going to go, hmm. you know, and now aside from riding with Morning Glory, actually, I had reached out to a number of teams because my focus was, I wanted to get into racing. Hmm. I wanted to experience the competition and that was my focus going into like 2020 at least. And, uh, you know, n- not a single team responded. Wow. There, there was no kind of open channel really. And and I don't think that there's actually that many teams in Toronto uh, that I was aware of and, and still aren't that kind of cater to kind of a broader segment, right? You have a lot of teams or most of the teams are focused on a, if you're already like a really strong, you know, cat one racer, then you can consider joining here. But how do people get to that level without, you know, being part of a a culture that can support and develop them? Cycling is an expensive sport. I Mm -hmm. couldn't afford to get into cycling until I was in my thirties. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's just so many barriers.
1: Talk to me about when things start to feel better. It sounds like you, you know, the story of meeting new people who you did feel an affinity for, how did that come about?
0: Yeah, like I said, you know, I I met lots of great people through my time riding with Morning Glory and other other groups of people. So you make friends. And uh, I still remember, you know, kind of when we founded UNC and there was actually this other uh, group of uh, young riders who were also doing their own thing. Uh, founded by a guy by the name of uh, Daniel Zhu. He he had a social group, I guess, called Watt the Freak, uh, cycling <laughs> like group, that. and he had he had got a bunch of young and for those uh, not in cycling watts
1: measure your power. So it's kind of an insider <laughs> cycling humor.
0: <laughs> yeah. So actually, I saw what he was doing, and and he invited me to ride with them. I met a lot of the founding team from UNC there as well, and that began the fun. It was actually. You know, like around the same time I started UNC, I was riding with What the Freak. We were doing joint rides, actually, and and kind of merged, if you will. Like a lot of the UNC members were riding with What the Freak, and um, and yeah, so that that started to get fun. You know, we were doing a, a maybe like a monthly ride up up on Warden, uh, and we were riding our own way. Like we we weren't riding in your traditional group group ride style format. It was more of a race and. You know, kind of just you know making videos, and uh, it was a it was a fun, young, fun, fun culture. And as things um, ballooned, you know, and we we developed a brand and and formed that that UNC identity. More and more people just wanted to join and join, and and you know we had to kind of build a, a proper foundation and made some decisions such as getting registered with the OCA to be a team for racing for this year and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the the fun really began. You know, I think when um, when I began to kind of consciously try to like you know put these like-minded people together do our own thing, form our rides. And, um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Okay.
1: So you, you've formed the group, you've kind of combined with this other group and you now had a bit of a critical mass of this, this new team club, what worked and what challenges did, unexpected challenges perhaps did you face in the early months?
0: Yeah, it's another good question. And maybe team club was the right, is the right way to describe it. When we first started, um, you know, it wasn't super clear to us uh, or myself at the time. You know, the 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 kind of identity of of what we wanted to be or who we wanted to be when we grew up. All we knew is that we had this something different, right? You know, we were going against the grain. Uh, we had attracted um, and, and built this this group of cyclists up from people that that we knew, that I knew personally, but was much more diverse, was much more focused on building a different culture, and we knew that we had created a brand and identity that that resonated with a lot of people uh, in the the Toronto cycling community. We were getting requests to ride with us and join with us. And so um, I think the biggest thing we struggled with over the first few months, bridging between 2020 and 2021 was, did we want to be more of a club as we got registered formally with the OCA? Because we, we, we did know we wanted to be registered, right? That that would be safer from an insurance perspective and allow us to do other activities. So the, the biggest decision was, did we want to be a club or a team? And for those of you that don't know the difference, you know, in Ontario, a club, the biggest difference is that they have an open membership where anyone can join who who signs up and, and pays the fee. Um, and then a team, it's, it's more of a invite only format where, um, you know, people apply and then you invite them to join. And so the biggest struggle was we, we knew we wanted to race and actually be a team. But if we, if we were going to go down that route, it didn't feel like the most inclusive kind of platform
1: and I remember we t- we had conversations because you were facing some real backlash in the Toronto, I mean, kind of classic, catty, small community, right? You were facing some real backlash over this kind of cognitive dissonance between you're saying you're inclusive, but you have to apply to be part of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we definitely felt that pressure, you know, a lot of people were watching us, some people might've been, you know, rooting for us to make mistakes, but we, we also were cognizant of that and insensitive to that, that issue. And, you know, listen, we, we got some flack for it, but we ultimately decided for what we want to do and our long-term vision, which is to both be a racing team, and also focus on diversity, and inclusivity, but do it in our own way. And I'll talk a little bit about what that means, that we needed to, to kind of just make that decision and go through the process and own it. And so we did do that. And also we, we, we decided that for us, diversity, and inclusivity, for the safety of the team, for the culture we want to build, didn't mean that anybody who wanted to join uh, could just sign up for us and that there are other groups out there like Morning Glory who are are, are much better at that aspect of inclusivity and our focus on developing new riders because we wanted to be a racing team. We decided to focus more on kind of, Hey, how, you know, how do we make sure we grow the right way? But we also said we want to help the community and give back. Right. And so we decided that we're, we're going to partner with a, a local organization called GLE founded by a teacher by the name of Janice based out of Malton in Mississauga who uh, has been helping get underprivileged youth on bikes in her community. And, and has done a tremendous job. I think she's gotten over 400 bikes for her wow. for these uh, kids in her community over, since she started. We decided to partner with her and do an annual, you know, kind of giving back program. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she was telling me, you know, she was saying, Casper, listen, we have we have kids who're 14 years old who've never had a bike, right? Like it's it's a different world, you know, than mm-hmm. uh, than you know mm-hmm. maybe the bubble that is downtown Toronto or the cycling community and knowing that cycling is such a expensive sport with all these barriers and you know and financial being one of them we thought like that we wanted to make that our focus so we we had a great start with Janice uh with our first fundraising event i think we got over 30 bikes and did an amazing community ride with her and her kids our sponsors came out it was it was it was just awesome and so it's stuff like that that we're going to continue to do. That for us is, is our in our definition of DNI, making cycling a more inclusive sport, right? By lowering barriers and things like that. And uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to be selected by Destination Canada as well to be featured in um, their a promotional Congrats. video they made to celebrate cycling in Toronto. So, um, yeah, we're you know very honored to do that. And you know, we we continue to kind of like. You know, want to ride with uh, other groups. You know, I know a lot of our riders enjoy riding with uh, Chris from Mandam and love what he's doing. And you know, we're we're looking to make our annual uh, fundraising event for GLE also uh, centered around a crit race that I'm planning to to host and have a certain uh, percentage of the ticket proceeds go towards GLE and get our kids out to see what that looks like. So, you know, we we've got a ton of ton in our plate that that we really are passionate about that that we're kind of doing. Uh, to own what dNI means for us
1: well and kudos to you for the um for the effort and the work and the impact that you're having I think it's really um it's already making a difference and uh, um, and, and it is interesting the experience you have I mean maybe I'll just ask you a couple general questions now that you've gone through this on on diversity equity and inclusion because I think you've really led and led in a very difficult space and the first is how you how do you define inclusion for people listening who are wondering how would you define it
0: for me and, and for the team, inclusion probably has two meanings, right? One is when you're part of, let's say, UNC, you can really feel like you can be yourself and you're in a safe safe space. And even though there there is some, some kind of friction upon who can join, Once you're in, you know, and this is why a lot of people have joined and decided to continue to be part of the community even after we registered and asked people to pay and all that stuff. There's just this amazing open community that has been curated and moderated, quite frankly, by the leaders to say, hey, this is who we are, right? And no locker room talk. You know, we have a very active Discord. We have a community of members. We have 65 members who who all support and share with each other, like We have some like, you know, Brenton, one of our members is also like basically a bike mechanic. We have different discord channels, like one for, let's say, gear and repairs, one for training, nutrition, et cetera, you know, giving back. So like our members can propose events they want other people to support. If someone has a problem, like, you know, if someone has a mechanical issue, like I snapped my chain the other day, literally, I just posted on on the discord to say, Hey, listen, does anyone know any bike stores or where I can get a, a spare chain? Like three people offered me a brand new chain, you know, like within the hour. Right. And, uh, and I, I've never seen that in other groups. I'm sure there are, but our, our community is is super inclusive and, and there to help each other out and, and support each other when there are, are, uh, you know, needs and, and are respectful, right. To kind of people's different backgrounds and social economic statuses and stuff like that. And I
1: saw that in action early on when, you know, being on the the chat, I saw someone make a a comment that was kind of, I'll just call it casually sexist and, you know, very typical and predominantly male dominated chat groups. I've seen this before, but what I hadn't seen was you coming in saying, that's guys, we're not going to tolerate that here enough. And so, you know, it took us, and I thought this is going to be different here. So I, I see the work that you're putting in to keep the inclusion, um, front of mind.
0: Yeah. And I appreciate that. And and you know, because of the decisions we've made along the way, we have lost people, right? We've lost people who signed up early thinking this might just be, um, uh, a group for fast rides, or this might be more of a morning glory type group. And, and so those decisions we made, did result in some people leaving, but I think are, have been really healthy for us. And and now we have this, just what I want to say is like an incredible platform. And it's not just me, like, you know, I've been really fortunate to recruit some some really talented and passionate leaders, right? Like, you know, who who have taken on various roles in the, within the organization. So, you know, Peter Schindler is our, our group pride leader. Uh, Kelvin, who's also Mally, who's also on the board of Morning Glory, uh, has taken on kind of like membership intake and that that process. Um, you know, we've got a, a Sean Pollock, uh, who's our kind of social media wizard and uh, photographer. Uh, you know, and and handles all of our media. It just does a fantastic job. So. Yeah, I mean, and also uh, Yuri, who's uh, raced uh, you know for various teams and is a professional coach. He's he's our, our our race director, and you know we have some incredibly talented young racers like you know Alessandro, Logan, uh, Daniel Klitschmann. We call him DK. You know, we've just got this incredibly talented roster and team of people, uh, and and just you know I could talk all day about just the talent we we have and how how committed they are to the vision.
1: How important is diversity of representation for you versus results
0: it's 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 more important and i and, and also I, I just don't want to forget you know i want to just mention that on the women's side we've also recruited an incredibly talented female leader lisa cook who you know but yeah, that very- that side of our our program has grown tremendously and is is an area of focus for us you know we're starting to see like eight ten 10 women now come out to our women's only rides and we've uh, we've got some women who've also signed up, uh, who are interested in racing and have raced. So just, just want to make yeah, sure that, we talk uh, about no, that I too. It's, it's a huge that's, part of it. It's a
1: great point to make.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I would say it's, 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 it's equally, if not more important. I mean, racing is, and, and riding fast is something that we will cont- is core to our, our activities. And, uh, as a group, you know, we're all getting stronger together and we're, you know, it's our first year as a team and you know, we've already, I think we should be very proud that like we've done great, you know, been to some big race. Some of the cyclists have been to some big races in Quebec and been invited to race in the U.S. with other teams. And, uh, you know, team had a ton of fun at midweek and we'll continue to do that. But I've spoken to various people in the industry, you know, kind of sponsors, bike shops, um, other people. And, and and everyone has kind of said, listen, you know, what what you guys are doing is is very unique. and you know, don't lose that, 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 that brand and that the DNI kind of message that you're promoting. Cause it can, I think it can be very easy to kind of just get caught up in, all right, I, I want to get faster. You know, we're just going to only focus on racing and, you know, I want to make sure we never lose what makes us unique. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it's, it's really core to who we are and, 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 uh, and what we're trying to do, which is at the end of the day. Portray a different image for what cycling is and and can be, right? And I think we've seen a lot of people. I've I've, I've personally seen a lot of people, you know, say, "Hey, listen, I wish you could start UNC, you know, in my city, uh, or can I just <laughs> rep UNC and buy the kit, uh, even though I don't live in Toronto?" So that that to me is pretty special, right? It's it's pretty awesome, and uh, we'll you know we'll see what kind of how how we can continue to focus there, but like you know, I would say that, yeah, equally, if not, if not equally, uh, then more important than the racing part, but the racing part is definitely our focus in terms of just activities. You know, we're not a club. Mm -hmm. We're not focused on your traditional group riding for the sake of group riding. Like we'll try to do one casual group ride a week, but in terms of activities, like we typically will have like um, one racing focus practice session every weekend, a lot of structured training during the week, and then a lot of the stronger riders are doing their own programming, as as you would expect mm-hmm. from higher level riders. Right. So it's not like a traditional you know, club format in terms of the way we ride.
1: Well, I think, you know, your point around keeping the ethos of the club front of mind, whatever the results are, is so important. You know, the results will fluctuate. And if you devolve to just being focused on the results, then you're just another race team. But I think what's really special is the movement and the commitment to social change. So keep that going. I'm, uh, I'm inspired by it, and I think it's, it's much needed. So I'll be excited to see what comes in the years ahead.
0: And, and don't get me wrong. Listen, like, I'll, I'll tell you, the the, the team members all want to win <laughs> and race and get stronger. But we, so. know, we
1: don't bike racing, you know, there's not. I mean, I, I won one road race in my career. <laughs> you know, I still uh, remember it. But, you know, you don't race for the you don't race just for the results. Yeah, and I think you uh, you need more and you've yes. got it. So, look, Casper, kudos to you for what you've created here. I know um, you've already been through a lot of challenges and just emerged with a renewed focus and drive. And, uh, I think it's just what cycling needs. So I look forward to following your journey. appreciate you sharing it with me today.
0: Yeah. And, and maybe I'll just say one more thing uh, Please. Just to close it off. You know, I, I just, I, I want to just say that I, I've actually seen, I think, um, a lot of positive change beyond just UNC in the Toronto cycling community. It's great to see. There's a ton of other clubs and teams and formats popping up. Some of them official, non official, right? Like I'm, you know, we're see- I'm seeing now like uh, you have um, Coffee Cartel, like a more younger club based format. You know, Mandam is doing awesome things. Um, you know, I know Roland and Sandra have uh, taken it under their wing. I think to develop a lot of new riders and get more women in cycling. So. Yeah, it's, it, it's actually kind of a, it's a very exciting time if you look at the Toronto cycling scene and, and probably cycling as a sport in general, um, uh, you know, we're very happy to, to be part of that change. And also just want to give credit to, to the, the other change that, that I'm seeing happen. And I think it's 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 change that's here to last for the better. I,
1: I think so. And I think there is a growing awareness of this need to create more inclusivity and, you know, make it a more welcoming sport. And we'll all be better for it. So thanks for all you're doing and for the uh, the broader context of what's going on.
0: Thanks for having me on the show, Bart.
1: Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Casper Wong. As a longtime cyclist, you know, it can be easy to live in this little bubble. And um, I think what Casper does is he shows that things like inclusion, diversity, representation all matter in these small worlds we operate in and enjoy. And some of the larger issues that are so important to deal with society really can be tackled in a very tangible, meaningful way in the places we do sport in the communities that we live in and it's a great story of um of how that can make a difference so yeah great conversation i'm uh, i'm not gonna announce my next podcast uh, guest because we've hit the end of 2021 and i want to just take a moment to say thank you for being with me on this journey podcasting has been a real um treat for me to uh, particularly during the pandemic to have these great conversations with bright people and i appreciate you listening Um, We're coming up on about 60,000 listens when I uh, record this, and so I appreciate it. And if you haven't already, do take a moment, rate it, give it a review. It's really how the podcast gets noticed. And uh, I do have some episodes recorded for next year, uh, so I'll be back in January with more of the Inspire Podcast. Until then, may all your words be inspiring.